Uh, you know, right behind me, you'll see our devotions, hopefully, coming up here. We have our devotions for the week, uh, those of you that follow along, uh, going from finishing the book of Revelation and then moving into the beginning of um, the Old Testament, Genesis. Um, you can always go up onto our website and just click the word devotions there on the homepage, adventurehome.org, um, and it'll take you right there, um, and uh, you can see what scriptures are on. You can also find out what kind of is going on with our themes um, like right now, we're in Homeland Security, um, you know, protecting and serving your family. We're uh, talking about different ways to grow in your family and make them more successful. We're also offering special events to support that, like marriage class. And how many have uh, been to marriage class and have enjoyed it? Feel like it's been equipping? Raise your hand high so other people can see it. Amen. Was it is it good? Has it been helpful? Has it made a difference in your marriage? How many would say it's given you better insight into how your marriage relationship works? Raise your hand. Okay, good. So those of you who weren't able to go and participate, the next time we offer it, um, and we offer different types of marriage classes, I want to encourage you to participate because uh, it's uh, beneficial to you. Um, well, why don't we go in today, right into today, and uh, I'm going to pray and ask God to give us grace. You know, we all need grace, don't we? You know, it's easy just to kind of lay out all the things you're supposed to do and go, all right, you want to live this life of honor, you know, just do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. Okay, just go do it. We'll see you later. But how many know we need the power of God for transition? We, we need him. Amen. We need him to change our hearts. We need him to change our minds. We need him to un, help us to unlearn what we've learned before. And, um, but without neglecting the legacy that's been passed on to us. You know, we, we all have families that we come from where we've inherited these really great things. But at the same time, God ha always has a better way, doesn't he? And we want to transition to take that DNA, the even, you know, the emotional DNA and the, the character stuff, and but move it into a place of health and life. So the way God formed us is transitioned with power and filled with the Spirit. Lord, I pray for, Lord, every person here. Lord, whether... Um, they're in a marriage relationship or um, a single mom or single dad, Lord, or they don't have kids yet, but, Lord, they're um, developing, Lord, their relationship at home. And, Lord, they have their extended family. Lord, they have their the, the kind of their work family, their church family. Lord, we want to be made stronger. Lord, your ways are right. Um, but often we fall short of them and we need your empowerment. And I pray, Lord, that we'd be challenged today and encouraged. And, Lord, as we step out and meet us, meet you, Lord, as, as Gary said, as we draw near to you in your principles, Lord, we always know that you're going to draw closer to us, Lord. And I thank you that your grace is bigger than our effort. Your mercy is bigger than our willpower. So I ask you to change our will and conform it to the image of your son. Not our will, but let your will be done. Lord, in our lives. Let it happen. And maybe you have a miracle right now that you need from God. Can you just lift it up to him? Just whisper it to him. Not everyone has to hear it. And just say, God, I need you to do. And just, just ask him what you need from him. He knows you. He knows what you need before you ask. But it's good to say it. Say it to him. Say, Lord, work in this situation. And now would you just trust him? Would you not put your hope in a person or a, a business, a boss, a leader? Don't put your hope in anything else. Put your hope in God and say, God, I'm going to trust you with this. I'm going to trust you. You're going to take care of this. And so, Lord, open our eyes, open our hearts as we lean toward you. And as uh, Jody and I communicate today again, uh, Lord, as a, as, a little, as a team here, I pray, Lord, that we'd be able to articulate your word and let it come to life. In Jesus' name. If you agree, can you say amen? Amen. You know, when, I, when we say family 2.0, a life of honor, we're kind of implying that there's a 1.0 version. Now, I know for our family, we didn't have just one transition and a big software upgrade, but I'm talking about the new season. What does God want to do in this season? I really think there's two versions of our family. One, you know, where we walk in the flesh, and, and one where God's spirit reigns supreme. And we begin to embrace his principle. 
I really believe that this is one of those messages that if you'll really not just be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word, and really begin to apply some of these things and open your heart to it, that this will change your whole life. Everything. It'll change your pursuit of your career instead of making it this thing that you're suffering through or trying to find. You're going to live a life unto God, and it'll bring peace to your soul. And you'll start to see some of the fulfillments that you've been longing for come into fruition. God has his timing. But as we live unto him, he, he will change the way things work. When we hope in ourselves, which is an idol, or hope in people, or hope in institutions, or hope in those things, we're always going to be disappointed. That's the way of God. That's the way it is. There's no way around that. And so we say God first. Amen? And so we are going to go through seven things. And on the, put the dinner table one up there. We always have this on our website. Just click on the main theme right as you get to the main homepage. Just click on it, and this will be up there. And uh, th this is just real simple ways for you to apply some of these things. If you're parents, you can do this with your kids or with your spouse. Just go, hey, what does the word honor mean? And what are some of the people, who are some of the people we need to honor? And talk about that in your life. And, and let it be something that becomes a discussion. There's a lot of things you can talk about. You can talk about the Daytona 500. You know, you can talk about, you know, what LeBron James is doing this week. And those are interesting things. They're all fun things. But why don't you bring some godly things on the, t on the docket too. Amen? Um, all right. Number one. And that, again, these seven things. Now, if this is not something that you do, I don't want you to get discouraged and go, gosh, you know, I can't, I don't do this. And, you know, so here's all the perfect people that do. And, you know, here am I. Listen, God wants us to be blessed. Do I hear an amen? This is his way of drawing you closer to the ways of the kingdom. He draws you in through the scriptures to entice you. To say, live like this. Trust me with this. Trust me with your life. Trust me with your resources. Trust me with your relationship. Trust me with those things. And watch me change them in your life. And th this is what he does. So the first thing is we need to honor God. Okay? And we know that God honors the servant. Okay? It's, he says it in the text. 1 Samuel 2.30 says, those who honor me, I will honor. And this is, it says those who, you know, ignore me or, you know, dishonor me, basically they will be disdained is the finish of that scripture. You know, and what I find out in there is that the word disdained means minimized. They are, they are minimized. They are, they become less and less. I, I used a scripture a few weeks ago. Honor means, you know, I'm going to go with the New Testament and Jody's going to emphasize more on some of the Old Testament meaning is it to bring them credit or esteem or distinction. We, how do we bring people credit and esteem and distinction? The Lord does it to us by offering us eternal life. He does it by creating us in the first place. We wouldn't be having this discussion or you wouldn't be listening if God had not made us. You know, in a billion years from now, when you're walking in paradise with God with no more sin and no more death, you're going to go, I'm glad God made me. Aren't you? You're going to be very glad. You're not going to wish you just didn't dissipate. That you're in the presence of God. Honoring God means honoring him with the most important things in our lives. The things that matter. Honoring him with our life. The way that we live. If you want your family to change. Your family's going to watch what you think is important. What's important in your family? What makes a difference? Does your family, do your kids recognize, wow, God's number one in our house. You honor God, and they will catch it, and they will begin to honor God. It's, it's not like they can't make their own decisions, but you, you train, you coach to what the life is. And then there shall be light, and there was light. I didn't know I had that much power. But when I said that last sentence, I felt the darkness come from the, from the congregation. In my own inner worthiness. No, I'm kidding. How many of that ain't true? <laughs> hey, I don't need a loud amen on that, Carmen. All right, I'm going to single you out. Put the camera on her. No, I'm kidding. Listen, if we're going to honor God, we're going to honor God with our life. Do I hear an amen on that? The way that we live, the way that you live, the, the way that you prioritize things. When the kids go, what are we going to do? You know, you all sit down at the dinner table. What are you going to do? Well, we're going to thank God first. You know what I mean? Uh, all the money comes in, and we go, hey, we got our paycheck. We got this. What are we going to do? Uh, well, we're going to honor God with it first. You know, your kid comes home with his first five bucks, and you go, hey, so did you honor God with that money? Oh, I forgot. 
because they know that this is what we do. This is what we live, how we live. It's not an option in our house. This is just how we do it. And it's not a grudging, like it's this rule. Oh, I have to do this, man. We have to do this to get this. And we No, you don't live that. We don't live under the law. Amen? We live under the spirit of freedom. I am free to honor God. Woo! Hallelujah, Lord. I can do it anytime I want. I'm at the grocery store and I can go, praise God. You know, everyone goes, life is terrible. God's in charge. And I, I'm, look, I'm free to say that. Right? I can be in prison and be free in the Lord. Amen? So it's my life, it's my priorities, what I do first, what I think is important. My speech, the way that I talk about people. You know, it's like, you know, do I keep downgrading and downgrading? You, you could tell in your own mouth it starts to go downhill. And you go, man, my speech, it has to honor God. Now, one of the keys to this one, it's really on the next slide, but don't switch it yet is that we have to do everything unto the Lord. And as we do, these things will become simpler because we have to give our time, our talents, and our treasures, everything that we are, making God first. This is how we honor him. Ira mentioned honoring the Lord with the first fruits of our crops. It's not the last fruit. It's not the second fruit. It's not what's left over. It's what's first. It's the first part of my time. It's the first part of my thinking. It's what I filter things through. I have the word of God. I filter through it first. I get a sense of Holy Spirit. How should I be thinking about this? Something happens. People come up to me and they go, Eric, what would you do if all of a sudden we went to war with the Middle East? And I, you know, what they're expecting is, well, first you need to do that. Then you need to build a bomb shelter. Then you got to go to Cabela's and buy 15 guns. And then you go ahead and do that route. Can I tell you what I'm going to do? I'm going to trust God first. And if I go in my quiet time and the Lord goes, get guns, then I'm going to get guns. Amen? But I'm going to know the Lord's voice. It's going to be consistent with this text. And if he says, I want you to turn the other cheek, then I'm going to do that. But we have to be tight with God. Amen? It's how you live. Your kid, there's nothing that you're going to pass on to your kids, to your family, that you yourself aren't doing. It's very difficult. They can catch it, but most of the time you have to set the example. You know, my fa- I love my family. I have an awesome family. But soccer was the f- most important thing in, that I thought growing up. Now, they had other things. We had love. We had joy. We had a lot of things going on as well. But when I found the Lord, and a lot of my family finding the Lord too, we realized that God wasn't first. He wasn't number one. How many can admit this yourself? Come on. God wasn't number one. It wasn't like you woke up. You know, it's like the sporting news was number one. You know what I mean? A cup of coffee is number one. No. Listen, when you wake up and your eyes open up, it's, hi, God. Amen? You wake up, hi, God. Good morning, God. You know, I got a headache. But before I complain, that's right, I need to give thanks. Lord. I got a headache. Good morning. Is there any way you can heal this thing? Should I start grumbling, complaining right now? I could. Okay, Lord, I'm just going to trust you. You're working out some pain. Maybe this is some kind of discipline. I'll just endure it. Here we go. How many say amen? This is how we live. We live unto God. Well, that person was really mean. Yes, but God wants me to do everything unto him. And I'm certainly not going to talk like that to God. So I'm going to come, you know, a a quiet word when it turns down wrath. It pushes it down, a gentle word. Amen? So all these things um, are true. And and that's why I love the scripture. It says, it's it's not up there, but it says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In other words, they come and they sing and they go, God, you are awesome. And then the next word is they go, you know, you jerk. You know, it's, it's not fitting. Like snow in summer or rain in harvest, honor is not fitting for a fool. Isn't that true? It just doesn't seem to fit, you know. Like right now, you know, the other morning, I, we, got, we got up in the morning, Jody and I and all of a sudden we were on our way over here for a meeting we had with the, uh, the pastors of Utah. And, uh, you know, as we were kind of walking in, all of a sudden someone says, hey, man, there's a big storm outside. And I go, that fits. You know, we're in Utah, all of a sudden we get this crazy storm weather just comes out of the blue. It's so beautiful in the morning. And next thing you know, we got this blizzard going on. Well, that's how it is, honor for a fool. And that's why the Lord says something in the scriptures. He says, whatever you do, put the text up there. It's not up there. Is there anyone to have it up there so I know where you are? 
Yeah. Whatever you do, work at it with what? Just say it one more time. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart. So, so there's a give your all to stuff, you know? If you work at Starbucks, don't be the third best barista, right? Be the best barista, amen? Especially when I order. You know what I mean? Respect portion control, but not so legalistically. No, I'm kidding. Totally kidding. As working for who? As working for the Lord, not for men. In other words, in my relationship with Jody, I love Jody, and Jody is awesome. But can I tell you, there are times in our relationship when I'm not quite up to snuff or she's not quite up to snuff, and I can't base my relating to her based on how incredible she's doing because I look past her and I do my treating to her as unto the Lord. Amen? This will change your family's life. As you do it unto the Lord, you live unto the Lord. Whatever you do, do it with all of your heart. Amen? As working for the Lord, not for men. And look at this bold statement. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. That's why you're going, well, gosh, my husband isn't doing this, or my wife isn't doing this, or my kids aren't doing this. We treat our kids like we're treating the Lord. Of course, discipline. The Lord doesn't get disciplined, but we do with the love that we would give to God. Amen? You know, I, I was talking about this in, in uh, first services, that sometimes you could be dishonoring to your kids. You know, you walk in, and I've done this. We, you know, they're watching TV or playing some game, and you walk in, and you go, all right, you guys, come on, we're having dinner. Just come on, let's go. Come on. You know I'm in charge, right? Everyone sit down. And the kids are going, we're right in the middle of the show. It's like it's almost over. It's like five minutes. Yeah, but I'm in charge, so everyone sit down at the table. You know, you can do it so differently. You can walk over here, and you go, hey, guys, what are you watching? Oh, that's great. Hey, listen, um, we're going to eat in about five, ten minutes. So I'll just whistle downstairs if you guys wouldn't mind put it down and come on up. You guys okay with that? All right, I'll see you up there in a few minutes. Man, you accomplish the same thing, but one's with honor, isn't it? One respects their time. One, it shows them how that they should engage with their kids. Because all of a sudden you see your brother yelling at the sister and you're going, what happened? Well, you weren't doing it unto God. These things make such a difference. Don't you want to have a family like that? Where, where, where they know and you know that you're not going to be slamming the people when you're not there, when they're not there, that they talk. I mean, the minute someone in our family starts to go, hey, and they start to downgrade someone, or hey, they did this, and blah, 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 whether it's a prayer request, we go, hey, hey, hold on. Let's trust that God's working in this. Because one, how many know that we ourselves could be trapped with any one of these sins, couldn't we? You know? People go, I don't like this president. I don't like the last president. I don't like the president before. Oh, yeah? Well, how stupid would be you be if you'd be president? How many think you would be a better president or a perfect president? I know there's somebody out there going, I think I could. Yeah, we'll see all the blogs that show up in your name one day. And all you have to do is ask their spouse, right? And their spouse will give the straight scoop. Isn't that true? Listen, whatever you do, work out with all your heart as for working for who? The Lord. And not for men. It's not like you're hating people and go, man, I hate your guts. But because I love God, I'm going to serve you well. That's arrogance, isn't it? You know, I'm so much better and I'm so much greater. Or not. Listen, how many want to honor God first with your life? Raise your hand. Listen, keep your hand up. You're not that tired. Jack LaLanne, think Jack LaLanne. Let me encourage you. Do it with your priorities. Do it with your mind, with your heart, with your resources. Do it with your talent. Honor God with the way you love your spouse or respect your spouse. Do it with everything that you have. Listen, look at me. Do it with all your strength. Amen? Amen. Go ahead and put it down. The next one here. If you want a life of honor, you want family going from 1.0 to 2.0, you got to uh, honor one another. Th these are deep scriptures that have a lot of meaning, but it says, be devoted to one another in love. 
boy, I'm going to do devotions today. Well, your devotion is to give love to the other people in your life. Give it to them. Find ways. You know, so, you know, if someone in your spouse, in your family goes, hey, can you do the dishes? You go, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll do them. No, I'll do them. I'll take care of it. Or you walk home and you go, I wonder what this person would like. Let's do that. Let's do that. This will bless them. You know, it's like it'll surprise them. It'll be a gift that they don't expect. It'll be a grace move. You just quickly make a grace move and something changes. Boy, what would, what would that example be rather than just stopping at the store and picking up another toy for the kid? I'm telling you, it's going to do them much more good, teaching them how to live. Honor one another. This is very difficult. Above yourselves. Above yourselves. Honor them more than you. Yeah, but what if I'm better than them? Right? How many of you, can you think that? What if I'm better than them? You know, they're made in the very image of God. Amen? We honor one another better, better than another. Not just with our heart, but can we say with your speech? This is a, a really amazing text. This is one of the very first texts that I read in the New Testament, I mean in the Bible at all, because I was raised an atheist, so I wasn't raised with the Scriptures. And I was learning that the Scriptures were from, from God, and I started, they started to come to life to me, and I, I started reading through the book of James. It's one of the first ones that I read about 100 times. And I just started reading you know, each book one by one 100 times so I'd really get it in my mind and heart. And I remember reading this text, and when I read this one, I said, wow, the Bible's smart. This is smart because it says here with the tongue, we praise our Lord and father. And we go, Gary, thanks for leading us in worship. You know, we praise God. But the very next sentence, we curse men. Just the same tongue. The Bible says that man has been able to tame all kinds of animals and, and, and build machines that are submitted to him. But yet he can't tame his tongue. It's like it's like a fire. You know, a, a tongue is it's set on fire by hell itself. It's set it's on its own course. You know, a, a little rudder connected to a big ship, all you do is turn it, and it turns a massive ship the other way. How many of you would like to turn your family in a new direction completely? Listen, we ha- the Bible says no one can tame the tongue. We need the power of God. Amen? We need the power of God to fill us so that our tongue brings life so that it brings healing in the way that we speak. You know, Jody mentioned it last week where we use wholesome language to build each other up. You know, in the, in the marriage class, they talked about trusting that your, your spouse probably might have some good motives, which maybe you're not seeing it. You know, and, and this is an important thing. With it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. I put the next scripture on. I, this is a very convicting one. If anyone says, I love God, but yet hates his brother, he's a liar. You know, they, they can't be synonymous. You can't be loving God. You might love the music, but you can't be loving God and hating your brother at the same time. And that's why we love our brother, you know, in the Lord and unto the Lord. Anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. I mean, here they are right in the flesh, right in front of you, but you hate their guts, but you say that you love God. In the family, if you want to go to 2.0, you have to honor God with the way that you speak. It out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. It comes from your soul. It comes from what you really believe so that when the times of contention come up, here it finally comes out. This is what you've been believing all along. That's why it can't be just your speech because you go, well, I'm going to say the right thing. It's like, it's like going to your boss and going, yeah, hey, how's it going, man? I know I got to kind of kiss up to you, so I'm going to, man. How you doing? Yeah, I just need that raise, whatever I need to do. And you start to give them the schmooze. But it's not genuine. Why not go home and say, Lord, teach me to love my boss? How many say Amen. Listen, you know, people ask me, what do you think of the president? I don't agree with this president's policies. A lot of them I don't. But I didn't agree with a lot of the policies of the last president, you know, when we had a different president. Because I seem to like my own policies. (laughs) How many like what you think? (laughs) 
And on, on every subject, I go, yeah, that's pretty good, but what I would have done. But can I tell you, I have a deep love for our president because I've asked God for me to give me a love for our president. Will I stand up for things that I don't think are right? Yes. Will I honor him and for who he is and how God, he, God's put him in, in a place of leadership because there are no perfect leaders that we have? Yes. Listen, you dads and moms, do you think that kids should honor you as the parents? Or should they wait until you're perfect parents? Hey, kid, how you doing? <laughs> My mom's an idiot. Oh, that's okay. You can keep calling her an idiot until she's perfect. Don't worry. Just keep calling her an idiot. How many know that that's not right? Come on, are you guys that awake out there? <laughs> How many want to grow in the Lord? Come on. We got to honor one another. Do I hear an amen? We are not doing it unto men. We are doing everything unto the Lord. Okay? The third one, honor yourself. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. And by the way, this word of truth isn't just how you preach and teach. It's how do you handle the scriptures and the way you apply things in your life. It's important. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time just because of time on this. But it's important that we're authentic. You know, I have one of my kids, you know, one of my, I won't say who it is, um, but was concerned, he was always, always concerned about that I'm not eating right or eating well. And it was talking to me, she, okay, it's, a, it's a one of my daughters. And she said, and she said, Eric, you know, she goes, Dad, she goes, I really, I want, I've been praying for you. And she was talking to me about it. And I, and I was sticking to everything that I talked to her about. And so here I have my daughter keeping me accountable. How, how many know that this is humiliating, but this is the way life is? Come on, raise your hand. How many understand? So, so, so I wasn't supposed to eat after 10 o'clock, but it was like 10, 18. And I had all the reasons. I was driving home. I wasn't going to stop with fast food. So I got there at 10.05, and I was rationalizing it. And I got there, and she's going, well, you know. And, and, and the thing is, and I wasn't, I didn't keep my word with her. So I just said, and she wrote me this really beautiful letter, and it was honoring to me. She goes, Dad, I love you. I totally respect you. She goes, I know this is an area you're struggling with. I'm praying for you, but you need to keep your word on this. And my response back to her is, well, you're right. I blew it. I'm getting right back on track with it. Listen, that's a way for her to confront me, but honor me. And I need to honor her by doing what I say I'm going to do. Amen? Listen, be authentic, be accountable, keep your word, keep growing. And the fourth one, I'm going to pass it over to Jody. And this is, so, this is such a big one. My, if you ask my kids, they'll tell you that this is something I did with them. Honor the elderly. This is, what, this is what God says about this. And we have the elderly among us. You know, we are to respect them. Listen, stand up in the presence of the age. This is God speaking to our culture. They, when we see old people in movies and stuff, it's kind of like, you know, the, who's that idiot? Some old. And they degrade the presentation of who that person is. And sometimes people haven't had the perfect history and they haven't lived perfectly. Welcome to humanity. But here it says, stand up in the presence of the age. This is given to a city-wide community. It says, show respect for the elderly and revere your God. If when we were, when my, little, my kids were younger and we'd be going to the store and there'd be some elderly coming in, elderly people walking in the store, and they didn't want to just kind of run by to kind of go through. I'd grab them, and I'd hold them back, and I'd go, hold on a second. Hey, guys, how you doing? Hey, ma'am, we'd open that door for them. Hey, can I get you anything? Can I help you? We show respect. Listen, just for one moment, just stand up. It's not too hard. Just stand up for one second. That's what we do in the presence of the elderly. Amen? We stand up. Go ahead and sit down. But it's like they walk in. Okay, in fact, Jody comes up. Let's stand up. I'm just, <laughs> Rude. she joked on this first service, so it's partly hers. I just want to say one last thing as I pass this to the better wine. Did you know that God is old? Did you know that? He's old. And it says that his hair, is his head is white. 
That scripture that I just read right there, standing the elderly, literally means gray beard or white beard. That's what it means. The white haired is to stand up in their presence. Important. Amen. And now here for the fine wine. The aged wine. You know what he's saying in line with uh, honoring the elderly. I I deliver meals on wheels, and I'll tell you there is a treasure in those elderly people. There is really something so precious, and so much history, and so much wisdom, and I, I really do like to go deep with them. I I ask them the big questions, you know, like so. What's the most important thing you've learned throughout your life? And they're thinking, just hand over the food and go away. <laughs> but, I mean, I ask them, and I have learned so much, and, and just asking them stories about their childhood, and, well, what was your typical day like? What did you do? You lived on a farm. Wh- you know, I would, I just, I just want to sit and soak it up, and they have so much to offer. And so, you know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians twelve twenty two. The parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. And, you know, the things that the world, like Eric was saying, the things that the world values are not the things that the Lord values. And how many of us have walked past that homeless person? Or the guy ringing the bell for the Salvation Army and just walked past like, I don't want to be inconvenienced. But when we take a step back and we realize this person is precious to their maker. This person was created in the image of God. And, and to take the five or ten seconds to look them in the eye as another human being and to honor them by looking at them and saying, how are you? Are you cold? Can I get you some hot chocolate? You know, I mean, it's such a small thing, but it honors the Lord. And another area that is a little bit more difficult is to honor our leaders. And some of us have employers that are not worthy of honor in our estimation. You know, you may have a boss that's unreasonable or annoying or arrogant or whatever but it says in Ephesians 6 5 slaves or workers employees obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart just as you would obey Christ so if you go into the break room and you're like our boss is such an idiot I could run this company so much better That is so dishonoring to God. And if you are a Christian and people at your company know that you're a Christian and you're speaking like that, you are not being an ambassador for Christ. We're supposed to be the light of the world. We're supposed to be different. So when you go into that break room and everybody starts dissing on the boss, you be the one that speaks a blessing. You be the one that says, well, you know, we don't understand how hard their job is or you know, I think, I think that they're really trying. Say something positive to turn that conversation the opposite direction. Because isn't it so easy to just spiral down? And, you know, like I, sa- like I was saying last week, it's so easy to see people sin. It's a lot harder to walk them out of it or to help them out of it, isn't it? And in the same way, if you are an employer, you are to honor your employees or your workers Uh, Ephesians 6, 9 says, Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. So it's really important that if you are in in a job, whether you're the boss or whether you're the employee, that you honor God in the way that you're dealing with others in the company. Also, Eric touched on this too, um, Romans 13, 1 says everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities for there is no authority except that which God has established there is no authority except that which God has established can you read this next part with me 
the authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Ugh. I really, really enjoy uh, studying politics and the political system and what's going on in current events, and I am guilty of dishonoring particular politicians. And, you know, they've been instituted by God. Well, instituted. Some of them should be. No, I just did it again. <laughs> Darn it. I can't stop. <laughs> what I mean is God has put them in that position, whoever they are. And, and you, can, you can, like I'm not saying stick your head in the sand and think, well, I need to honor them because they're honorable. No, a lot of them aren't, right? A lot of them don't know Christ. A lot of them are liars. I'm not judging, I'm just stating a fact. <laughs> but I mean, really, we, we are to honor our governor and our senators and our president because why? You tell me. Answers right up there. <laughs> They've been established by God. God has put them in that position, whether you voted for them or not, whether you agree with their policies or not. God has established them. Therefore, because God has established it, we submit to that and we honor them. We don't sit there and say rude things about them, particularly in front of your children. And I have been so guilty of this. Right, Caleb? <laughs> okay. Um, this next one I want to tread lightly because I don't want to seem in any way self-serving, but I want to tell you what the Bible says, and I want to describe why I think it's in here, and it's just my opinion. Um, but again, remember, I don't, I'm not smart enough to have my own opinions. I base them all on what God's word says, so I try anyway. 1 Timothy 5.17, the elders who direct the affairs of the church are well worthy of double honor especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. Can I keep it real with you guys? Yes? No? I'm asking you for permission. Okay. Thank you. Um, Eric and I and the other pastors at this church are under constant spiritual attack. The enemy of our souls does not take a day off nor does he relent. And I believe that the, the reason that it says that, that those who lead in the church should receive double honor is because it is a spiritual thing. That there's a spirit that wants to come in and create dissension and judgment and criticism and condemnation it's a spiritual thing. And it's, again, it's easy, it's easy to see our flaws. We're pretty open about them, so that helps. <laughs> you don't have to guess. But we're imperfect people, but we never promised to be perfect. But we did promise that we were going to be faithful to the Lord first and foremost. And so I'm just urging you that, you know, when those little thoughts come in, again, this is unto the Lord, this is between you and the Lord, but little thoughts of criticism or judgment. Not that you can't, again, we're approachable, and if there's something, if there's blatant sin in our lives, we, we welcome your rebuke. We welcome you to come to us and confront us. But understand that there is an enemy of your soul, an enemy of our soul who wants to bring division and condemnation. Hebrews 5, verse 3 through 5, or wait, Hebrews 13, I'm sorry, 17. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. You know, the Bible says that those who are teachers, who claim to be teachers, who are teachers, are also subject to a stricter judgment. So that's why it's a little bit scary to be a leader 
to lead other people spiritually because you will be held to a stricter judgment, which is another reason why I think there's the double honor clause. Let's read this together. Um, Obey them. No, go back. I'm sorry. Obey them so that their work will be a anata, for that would be of no advantage to you. I used to say this to my kids all the time. You need to be a joy to lead, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. (laughs) I can make your life miserable. (laughs) And I probably did many times. Only when they needed it. Well, no, other times I probably did too, unfortunately. But I've repented. I've asked for forgiveness many times. I asked one of my sons, I said, so... Tell me, this, is kind, this was kind of a regular practice, you know, hey, is there anything that I need to, to apologize for or anything that I've done that's hurt you or offended you or anything? I, I would regularly ask this. And sometimes I would hear things, and I would try to humble myself and, and apologize. But one time I asked my son, and he goes, no, I can't think of anything. I said, well, let me rephrase it. Someday when you're sitting in a counselor's office, what are you going to be saying about me? <laughs> Um, The last thing I want to talk about is probably the most common in the scriptures, and probably it it made the top ten. It's honor your parents. Ephesians 6, 2 says, Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God has given you. It also says this in Deuteronomy 5, uh, 15 through 17. Now, I can say that this is a really difficult concept in a lot of cases. But it is, it is a commandment. And so I really, wa- I really dove into this and looked it up. And, you know, it, like Eric said, the original Hebrew is kabed or kabad. And it, it means to to place a, a, a weightiness or a heaviness or a burden so that even if our parents were abusive or whether our parents neglected us or abandoned us or passed away, we still have the burden and the weightiness to honor them in the eyes of the Lord. And now that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to put yourself in their presence if there's abuse going on. Sometimes it means, you know, our, our parents are the ones who, who essentially partnered with God to bring us life, right? So there's a heaviness with that. But if there is abuse going on, it doesn't mean you put yourself in that situation. You know, the, the story of Jonathan and Saul Saul was Jonathan's father, and Saul hated David. He was jealous of David because he, he wanted the people to revere him, but they all loved David. And Jonathan and David were best friends. You can find this story in 1 Samuel um, around 1920. And it says that Jonathan didn't obey what Saul was telling him because Saul was plotting to kill David. So in the case where your parent is doing something that's unlawful or abusive or um, in any way uh, harmful, you don't need to partner with them. That's not honoring them. What honors them is sometimes distancing yourself from them and praying. Now, I'm not saying distancing yourself just because you have bitterness and resentment. That is a foregone conclusion once again. To extend the same grace and mercy to your parents that you have received from the Lord. But it does mean that you need to take the responsibility of being someone who prays regularly for them so that they can come to know Christ. Now, Jesus said that the prophet doesn't receive honor in his own hometown or among his relatives. So it is very difficult to share Christ with your own family. They just still see you as the pagan that you once were maybe. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? 
We don't receive honor in our own hometown or among our relatives. But we can pray and beseech the Lord of the harvest to send workers into the field and to ask the Lord, please save my parents. You know, please save my mom. And sometimes it might mean taking legal action against your parents if there's something illegal going on in order to protect someone else. So I know this is kind of a heavy topic, and I know that it's confusing for people who have parents who who don't deserve honor. You know what I'm saying? Like, Like Eric said, you know that honor is not fitting for a fool, and the fool says in his heart, there is no God. So understanding our responsibility to submit that person to the Lord and to entrust that person into the hands of the Lord. That is the truest form of honor. Sometimes it means honoring them from a distance because they don't want relationship with you. And that's fine. I mean, it's not good and it's not comfortable, but it means to honor that and to honor them as the person who brought you life. Eric, did you want to say something too? And also sometimes giving yourself new eyes to see. Amen? You know, um, we're parents. And um, when Jody and I have talked, even when we've talked with our kids, we've come up with lists of things that we, we wish we'd have done better. Right? Go, gosh, I wish we'd have done that. Or I think we didn't emphasize that enough. Or, gosh, I felt like we did too much of this. How, how many parents could agree to that? So in some sense, I feel disqualified from receiving honor. That's why, um, you know, they do it unto the Lord to say, you know, Lord, you're doing this unto me. And you teach, I mean, um, and the kids doing that unto, giving us honor unto the Lord. Amen? And also seeing, you know, one thing I've learned, looking at my parents, my parents had their flaws, but I love my parents. And I've seen the things and the qualities of God that he has put in them. Amen? And, and those are the things that you treasure. And you know that the, the parents, just like us, we see our flaws, they see their flaws. But let there be grace in our families. Amen? Let there be grace in our families and honor. You know, we're going to talk um, in depth about this at the parenting seminar we're doing um, March 15th and 16th. But I, uh, just one thing I just r- r- briefly want to touch on is um, just spiritual behaviors that are passed down not just necessarily tangible, learned behaviors, but some things that are spiritually passed down through our parents. And to just kind of be aware of that as parents, that, you know, like, like we went to our kids and said, hey, you know, this is what, I'm, this is what I brought into this family. And I'm not saying you're, you're cursed, but be aware. These might be tendencies that you could possibly have. And here are some things that your dad brought in. And so just be aware of those things. I mean... To deny that there is satanic activity or demonic activity in our midst is naive. You know, there's not just demonic activity in third world countries. We have it here in the United States, and we need to be spiritually sensitive. And that's why it's so critical for us to know the truth, to know the word of God, so that when we see something, a way that we're behaving, or not honoring our parents, or not honoring our employers, or our politicians or whatever, we can, we can allow the Lord to come in and to correct us because we want to be right and we want to be lined up with him and we want to reflect him to a lost and dying generation. Amen? You know the defense of all of those spiritual things, can I tell you what it is? Honor. Honor will kill those things. Amen? Listen, how many want to make a transition to a life of honor in your family? I mean, I mean, just, just think about it for just a second. You just, you, you count the cost a little bit. I'm going to have to change the way I talk. I have to admit more of my flaws. I have to, you know, I have to trust God's power to change me. It, just say this, say, I can't wait for everyone else to do it. It starts with me. My pastor always used to say, Eric, you want revival? And I'd go, yeah. I'd be thinking, let's do this thing. Let's do this project. Let's build this thing. He'd go, just draw a circle around yourself. And i go, okay. He goes, and pray for revival in the circle. Listen, you want to, I just had you raise your hand. All those who want to transition, just stand with me, would you?
Father, and, and, and just we, we surrender in, in our family. We, we desire this every season, a life of honor. Lord, we give ourselves over to you as vessels, Lord, of dishonor, but sanctified by the maker. By your spirit, by the blood of Christ, you've made us vessels of honor. And Lord, now we want to sow seeds of honor so that we can be a light to our own family, Lord, to our own neighbors, to our own spouse. We want to be that light that they see Jesus in us. And we want to treat them like Christ. In fact, it shows how we are treating Christ by the way we treat others. And so, Lord, I lift up every family. Just just lift your hands up to God and surrender. We want to lay hands out to you. If maybe you see someone next to you, just want to reach out to them and just lay your hands toward them. Lord, we lift each other up to you. We want to become families, spouses, Lord, married couples, families. Lord, even in our workplaces, let us be that family of honor. Not for name recognition, not so that we can be a big light, but, Lord, because we live our lives unto you. And we as a church, Lord, open our hearts to you and recognize we can't do this without your power. We can't do this without your will. We can't do this without, Lord, your glory, because all glory and honor and power is yours. And so, Lord, move that honor into our souls into the new families that are forming around us, Lord. Let them have a foundation, Lord, that some of us didn't get right away. Let each next generation get better with what you're doing. That's what every generation prays. And we bless it that the legacy would multiply to a thousand generations. In Jesus' name. And now, this is one of God's promises of salvation. He wants to do this in your salvation to you and your family. Just say, Lord, just say thank you. Thank you that you're going to do this. Believe him. Say, Lord, I believe you. You're going to bring this about in Jesus' name. Do I hear a loud amen? Amen. 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 God bless you. Now, next week, remember, it's going to be Family 1.5, A Path to Restoration. It's going to be a really powerful message Um, by Pastor Eric. And also, I want to remind you, ladies, of the prayer and praise night on Friday night. Uh, Laura Taylor is going to be leading worship. She led worship at the ladies' retreat, and she's amazing. And uh, Susie Nelson is going to be leading you in in prayer. So, ladies, if if you don't have anything else to do, or even if you do, cancel that and come to the prayer thing Friday night. God bless you. Have a good week. Hug a few people on your way out.